<laughs> Welcome to the Gleeful Podcast with Josh and Ed. Ed cannot join us tonight, but I'm Josh. And I'm Jen. You can find us online at gleefulpodcast.com. I'm at Josh for now. She's at Jenny B. Creative. He is at Edward Giordano. And you should follow him now because you'll be hearing very quickly how he's doing on his PCAM test. Oh, uh, yes. Which he is currently doing. So we wish Ed he's, all the best. I'll check Twitter right now. Yeah, good uh, luck, yeah, I'm sure dude. You can probably check Twitter right now and, uh, and hear about his... Um, about his PCAM test, but our, our wishes are with Ed uh, and then Jennifer. Uh, it is it is Jennifer's birthday tomorrow on Thursday. So <laughs> if you're listening Eve. to this on Thursday, wish Jennifer a happy birthday at Jenny B Creative on Twitter. Um, and then uh, on Friday, we're having a party and Saturday you leave for New England. So this was the only time we had to do the show. Yikes. Yes. So I apologize. But we are here and uh, Ed will be back next week to give his feelings on this episode or something. Will we be back? Out. You're flying out. Next I'm trying to convince Ed to do Thursday. the. Uh, oh, do the live podcast? Do, no, I'm trying to convince Ed to do the, um, to edit the uh, uh, Glee project. Oh. Uh, all of his interviews with the Glee project. That people, would be amazing. Which would be awesome. Yeah. So hopefully Ed I will really- do that for next week. So after you congratulate him on how well he did on his PCAM test, tell him that you want to hear the Glee project episode for next week. <laughs> That'll be fun. Yeah. Uh, so welcome everybody to the Gleeful Podcast. We are back this week to discuss the newest episode, which I believe is called Rumor Has It. I don't know why I'm blanking on that. Wow. But uh, the I new never epi- know this Oh no, stuff. I'm sorry. It's Mash Off. That's Ma- what it's called. Okay. It's called that Mash Off. There's also no Glee next week. Yes. Uh, a couple of people said in the, in the chat room. We have... Well, that's I, helpful. Yes. <laughs> you know, we have, it's uh, busy with the holidays. 20 people in the chat room. Hey, so welcome everyone people. in the chat room. Uh, if you would ever like to join us in the chat room, just follow us on Twitter. You can find it on Ustream. We're usually on Wednesdays at 7 Pacific, Pacific time. <laughs> yes. So, uh, but yeah, we are back. This is going to be a controversial episode. I know that we've been getting lots of email uh, about this episode. Uh, very 
emphatically coming down on one side or another, which we will discuss. But before we get too far, Jennifer. Yes. How are you tonight? I'm doing well. Yeah? Yeah. Everything good? Everything's good. If you're not watching American Horror Story, you should be. Is it on tonight? It is on tonight. Okay. Awesome. All right. You should definitely be watching that. But let's talk a little bit about the new episode of Glee. Uh, We opened there with Hot for Teacher, which is a little bit of Puck singing to Shelby Corcoran. Pelby. Yeah. As I've decided to call them. Because Shuck sounds silly. Um, And it also kind of sounds like a mistake, which they are. Wow. But it is kind of funny. I also think of oysters from like Shuck. That's not good. (laughs) Um, but Aww, yes, shucks. open up with Pelby there. Um, I'm, I didn't really like that. I like the intention of this song, but this is one of those songs that there are two one of a kind voices on this song. Technically three, really, because yeah. this is one of those songs where like the drummer where the drums were just, you know, Alex is on fire on this song. Like it, it's crazy. And then like Eddie's guitar sounds like no other guitar. Like no one, even if you hit every note exactly the same as Eddie, you will never sound like Eddie. And this is just like, and I'm not even a giant. Um, You're not a huge fan. I'm not Halen a David fan. Lee Roth fan. Yeah. I, I'm not a, I'm a more of a David Lee Roth Van Halen fan than a Van Hagar fan. But I mean, it was, it's just one of those songs where, like, those three elements... Notice I'm totally forgetting Michael Anthony on bass because he's just, you know, whatever. But anyway, he was probably drunk when he recorded it. But um, it's just one of those songs Slanderous. where those three voices are so specific to the original recording. If you've heard Hot for Teacher, you, like, I can't separate it from... You know, Alex and Eddie and David Lee Roth. I just can't. And so when I'm listening to this, all I'm hearing is like a cover band. It's one of those songs that I just can't separate from the original. And I just found it to be kind of disappointing. That said, I really like the intention of it. I thought it was kind of fun that, you know, it was kind of acty and like, I I don't feel tardy. Like, that's great. (laughs) Like, I love, there's a lot of arts that I like, but it wasn't the actual song that I had any affection for. (laughs) Well, I... I can't say that I'm not, you know, loyal to the original version. And the original version is kind of, you know, a, a comic strip anyhow. It's not like it's it's not like it's a real serious song. So I'm not having any issues with it. I think I think it, I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought it was inevitable. I'm actually kind of surprised it came out now. I, I would have been less surprised if they, you know, if this if they performed this when, um, you know, Holly Hunter was Holly Hunter. Wow, Holly Could Holiday. Fall true. <laughs> Holly Holiday. <laughs> I mean, Holly Holiday. That would be a totally different character as oh played by my Holly Hunter. God. <laughs> wow. She just walk in and like punch someone for no reason oh, just because she's got that, the arms that, for that it. That voice. <laughs> Holly Hunter. I got nothing. She's like three feet tall. Yeah, but she's all like ripped out. You think of Linda Hamilton? No, I'm thinking of Holly Hunter from that, like, Saving Grace show. The whole premise of that show is that she was, like, a badass. And, and I thought she was an alcoholic. Well, that too. But that made her punch badass things. Badass alcoholic. <laughs> Holy. Oh, yeah, and you were worried about me going rogue. Okay. <laughs> um, so we were saying that since Ed isn't on this episode, yeah, Jennifer yeah. has to up her, her <laughs> craziness. But apparently I'm the one who's off in the weeds right now. <laughs> I'm call you on your crap. I didn't think it was... I actually I liked it a lot. I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought it was a good utilization of <clears throat> a lot more um, of the the character, the kids than they've had in a while. So I thought it was a lot of fun. It was a yeah, it was a fun number. I'll, I'll definitely give you that. It was definitely a fun number. 
Um, well, the, we should probably just get right into what everyone's talking about. Uh, I believe it was called in the chat room several times, the slap heard around the auditorium. Yeah. Um, Santana and uh, Finn's uh, ex- mixing it up, shall we say. There was, there, was, there was a lot of, as they say, mud being slung this episode. <laughs> there was a lot of muddling slung. Exactly. Being slung. So that sort of carried over to the students and then this happened it was weird too um when sue after you know what ended up happening was you know finn had uh called out santana in the hallway and someone overheard it and then it was used in an ad uh it was just totally unbelievable when it got to that point um but uh but sue took responsibility for it like sue's like hey this one's on me which i didn't understand at all but i guess she's kind of saying that because she started the mudslinging against her competitors her competitors are now doing anything they can to to hurt her and if in turn that meant you know drawing attention to her students yeah it was her fault because she started it it was one of those plot lines that was almost that like one step too far to, to believe oh they all were come on her ad campaigns against Bert well the, yeah I, I agree but I don't know it's funny it's like I said last time we all put that line in a slightly different place of where we go I don't buy it you yeah. know <laughs> and for me that in a weird way that was like the one step too far oh I mean there's no way honestly I mean I don't think there's any politician who would you know risk hurting um a child. I mean, she's in essence a child who's mm-hmm. in high school. There's no way, regardless of how dirty the campaign got, there's no way that they would ever, you know, point anybody out like that in real life. Again, <laughs> you know, I know it doesn't apply to the Gleavers, but. Uh, well, let's go ahead and um, let's take a listen to a couple messages on this subject. Uh, a lot of people wanting to talk about Santana and Finn in this one. Uh, so let's go ahead and start with. A few. Hi, Nev. This is Caitlin calling in this week without Sarah, who I usually call in with. I have a two-word review for this episode, which is poor Santana. I felt so bad for her, and I'm going to defend this because I know that a lot of people disagree with me and say that she had it coming to her. I mean, she did break Damien's nose, which did not make me very happy with her for a while. But as mean as she was, she did not deserve that commercial. She was trying to accept herself and find acceptance, and I think that was just unfair and cruel. Um, anyway, I can't wait to hear you guys to say about it. Bye. Uh, that's she brings up a very good point that I'll have to remember later. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. We had plenty of other people who weighed in on that. Here's little Irish Mike. Oh, from the top. My guest Jen, I have Irish Mike 15 calling about the latest episode of Max Off. I've got six words to say. Santana is the best character ever. I loved. Her emotion to when the app played about her being a lesbian. I loved her rendition of someone like you in the mashup for the Trouble Tones. And I loved the bitch slapping Finn. He deserved every bit of it that he got. And I also think that Roy was pleased as well. Right? Uh, and one more regular. Here's <laughs> Typo. Oh, that was Hi, nice. guys. It's Typo. <laughs> Um, this may come as a bit of a shock, but I'm not the biggest Finn fan. And I might actually be even less of a fan after last night's episode. In any case, this is my forward review. 
outing people is wrong. And there you go. Uh, so that's uh, that. That's probably the most common sentiment, and I don't think anyone would disagree with that. Um, you know, outing people is is uh, not a good tactic. <laughs> it's no, definitely, I agreed. Yeah, it's definitely uh, uh, incredibly hurtful. Um, uh, it, it's interesting. It, I heard saw a lot of stuff on the internet <clears throat> about like Team Santana, Team Finn today. Mm-hmm. I I had a hard time like saying which one because I felt like they were both in the wrong you know, uh-huh. in a way. And, uh, you know, the debate kind of being like, was, did Santana deserve what happened to her in this episode? Um, and, and no, I mean, I, I don't think that, uh, I don't know, like deserve is such a hard, uh, such a hard way to put it, you know. Um, either way, Naya Rivera was on fire. Oh, she was like, incredible. Her, it was the best acting we've seen from Naya Rivera ever. And like two of the coolest vocal performances. I mean, her vocal performance on that Someone Like You mashup yeah. was unfreaking real. It was like when she came out with the big solo, that was spellbounding and amazing. It, it, that was incredible. So <laughs> I that like knocked me out the whole the whole last couple minutes were yeah. just like dynamite television you know it, it was really intense <clears throat> i thought they i mean i thought that whole performance was incredible i i mean they never got to it because of the slap but you know clearly the girls won <laughs> yeah. the, the, the mash off because there was no competition yeah oh yeah that, that mean, was funny I'm i mean sorry, as fun as as much as I love all the notes, like you can't yeah. compete, right? <clears throat> oh no, not even not even close. Yeah, it was it was some of the best acting I think we've ever seen on Glee, and kind of from a surprising place. You know, Nia's mm. always been really fun on the show, yeah. but there was a lot of emotional depth in what she was doing, and a lot of uh, it was just really impressive. I was really amazed by what she did. Yeah, I mean, like they were definitely there. We saw some great stuff from her last year, you know, around the prom time and when she was opening up to Britney and then when they were singing together. <clears throat> but this was just, you know, across the board, just an, an intense, intense episode. With, uh, um, everything that she was going through. And it is, uh, rumor has it, someone like you, the mashup, mm-hmm. is the first season three number one on iTunes. Which oh, is it's amazing. Exciting. Yeah. I, it took me a few minutes to, not a few minutes, but it was like, it was very seamless. There were parts of it. I'm like, wait a second. This isn't the same song. <laughs> it's pretty funny. It's how, really like, good. The, the trouble tones are really kicking their ass. Oh, I know. <laughs> it's, it's pretty hilarious. So as far as like this whole Finn and Santana thing, though, I have a really complicated opinion of it because the fact is, is that this show is against bullying and or at least that's what keeps coming up. And Personally, as Jennifer knows from stories that I've told from my past, I like bullying is this thing that like I can't like I still can't get over, you know, like 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 I still need therapy for some of the shit that went down when I was in high school. Um, The thing is, is I I don't want to say that Santana deserved it. But if you are that mean to people all of the time and in public calling out his, you know, his weight and calling him useless and calling him horrible and all of these things. And he when he had a secret that he had had sex with her and uh, didn't want Rachel to know, she had no problem outing that. She was more than happy to share that with the world um, with the express purpose to hurt him in that case. I don't know. I mean, it was just like to hurt Rachel. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, even better. Um, it's like, I was 
in a way, it was like, I kept thinking, if this was happening in a room where no one else was around, would people say that he outed her? Because in a way, he didn't out her. It was actually the the adverti- the ad, yeah. you know, that did the actual outing. He just, you know, she hit him every single place that it hurt, went out of her way over and over again to poke him in all of the places that he knew that she knew it would hurt him. Mm-hmm. And the only way he knew, the only way he could fight back was, you know, the, 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 her only vulnerability. Mm-hmm. She hit all of his vulnerabilities. This was her only vulnerability that he could use. Mm-hmm. So in a way, I'm kind of feeling like when you're a bully, you deserve... you. It's not that she deserved what happened to her, but when you're a bully, you have to be able to take it. Mm-hmm. And she couldn't take it, you know? She was willing to use everything, everything against him, but, you know, as soon as something turned on her, it was bad. Now, that doesn't make it right, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, should, yeah, in a perfect world, he's the bigger man, and he, like, walks away, and he says, you know? Right, but he's also human, and, yeah, he had just been you know, verbally and emotionally berated and basically, you know, said that he had no future and, and this is everything that, you know, he's already feeling himself. Yeah. Um, like, what did he have at that point? Was he just supposed to, like, walk away and cry? Like, mm-hmm. I, in a way, as much as I'm saying what you did isn't right, I'm mm-hmm. also saying, what would I have done in that situation? Like, what? I've just been destroyed by this person. And if right. I walk away, then she marches off into the sunset and says, I was right. Like, well, it's just you like are a, as useless as I thought you were. It's just like a physical fight. Like, people will argue that, you know, fighting isn't right. But if somebody's beating you up, you get one punch in and that's it. It, it, is, kind of, it is kind of hard because I'm, I'm, I'm somewhere between the two. I don't think that... Um, I, she wouldn't have an issue. She would not be hurt. I mean, she was initially... Uh, obviously a little bit hurt but there was no problem like the next day or so at school no problem whatsoever no repercussions it wasn't until she saw that ad so Mm. that isn't you know something that you know he didn't go out of his way to broadcast it to the masses yeah somebody else did to say that he outed her like i understand that he was the catalyst that made it happen but yeah i mean it's not like he took an ad out like you know like he didn't say anything in public or he didn't make a big scene about it. Like within the context of the show, things happen in crowded hallways all the time that no one sees except for the two people involved. Yeah. And there's no, never any repercussions. Yeah. I don't know. It's it just, is very yeah. hard. I mean, I, I have sympathy for both of them. I mean, I think that's the issue, you know? <laughs> yeah, it, totally. It, it's, it's, it's not, it's not black and white. You're right. They're both wrong. They were both wrong, but you know, degrees of wrong and, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a toughie. I also think, like, we have, we've spent so much time on this show with Santana. Like, we yeah. as an audience, we know all the subtleties of who she is as a person. And we really, we love her. You mm-hmm. know, it's funny how we as an audience as much as we are against bullying as an mm-hmm. audience, we also love it. Oh, yeah. You know, we cheer it on. Like, so we're the ones who are standing with Kurt and being like, bullying is wrong. But we're also the ones who are like, Santana's so awesome when she t- calls everybody on their crap and tells them they're idiots. That's so entertaining. Yeah. So we are totally cheering on the bullies in a way. And it then as true. soon as somebody calls her on her bullying and she doesn't react well, we all go, 
well, that wasn't cool. He shouldn't have done that. Yeah. And, and you're right. He shouldn't have done that. But then we had no problem laughing along with her when she's calling him fat and talentless and he's never going to get out of this town and yada, yada. Riding his girlfriend's coattails. Yeah, exactly. And- so it's a, it's a really tarred situation. I guess, so, like, I can't say that I'm Team Finn or Team Santana. Right. I feel so much for him because I'm, I was never in her position. Like, I was always in his position where I was. And so a part of me was like... I never had the balls to fight back. And the fact that he fought back at all, there is a part of me that I'll just be totally honest and say like, damn right. Like you fought back a little bit. You stood up for yourself. But I mean, there's no question that like he kind of went about it. Yeah, he definitely, he definitely could have done it better. But But did he cross any more lines than she did? No, I don't think he did. I don't think he did. It's just that now that it's, it's spread beyond the halls. I mean, because again, the next day, there's no issue. You know, they're doing their things again. It wasn't until, you know, some some adult thought it was okay to then, for them to out her. Yeah, which is crazy. Like, he's the one that I'm like, that's sick, dude. Like, yeah. that is, like, that is disgusting. <laughs> so whoever that, that other crazy person running in that, for that crazy spot in that crazy town <laughs> government thing. The most contested. Seriously. <laughs> Wow. Now, there's and we've a, seen some pretty crazy ads out here. I mean, in California, it's sort of like they get really nasty. Oh, it's crazy. It's I hate election time here. Uh, so, you know, on the other hand, or I mean, not really to defend anything, but to kind of move on a little bit. I do feel like I've really liked Finn this season. I mean, I found him to be much more of a leader this season. Uh-huh. The the part of like stepping up and saying, you know, we our group is about unity uh-huh. and we need to do a song that is about unity that's by a group that's still together. Right. Um, it's funny that they slipped REM in right there because they've been broken <laughs> up for like a month. Um, but maybe when this was written, they didn't know. Yeah, they were just proselytizing. They were just timing. guessing. Uh, but I've really liked that aspect of. It. I mean, yeah. leader Finn, I think, is the only Finn that really works on this show. Like yeah. sensitive Finn is okay. Like uh, yeah. torn Finn is pretty good for me, but not for everyone. But I mean, to see him actually being like he—he's trying to galvanize the group. He knows that they're going. He's trying to be the mature one and being like, "Hey, mm-hmm. you know, it's cool, baby. You guys go do your thing. We're gonna do our thing, and we'll support each other in the end." Yeah. Uh, but he's—he's he's really tried to be a leader and like try to bring the group to together this season and invite Rory keep him interested you know and to keep <laughs> me from having to listen to another Blaine solo so, <laughs> wow, <laughs> same wow. Week. Wow, wow. but uh but yeah I don't know how do you feel about Finn do you feel that he's he's still kind of lackluster like from season two I, well he he comes and goes with his strength in this whole thing but I mean if he continues on this path I'm really liking it I I do I like that he's trying to keep them all together keep them focused and and it's not, it, it's not a self-serving goal. It's not, you know, for him to boost his resume or, you know, his, his, his you know, there, there's really other than them working together as a group and then accomplishing something that they haven't been able to so far. <laughs> He's just really trying so hard. And I think that's a, a really great thing to admire and, and continue so, yeah, it's, I do think that he needs to, to stay stronger because I think that he's, you know, he, he has these little setbacks and, you know, everybody has setbacks, but I think that he just <laughs> needs to stay 
stay focused and, and stay strong in his convictions. And, and I truly believe if, you know, if, if that person who we couldn't see in the hallways was, wasn't there. <laughs> I watched that scene three times. There was nobody paying close attention in the hallway. Yeah. <laughs> I also kept thinking, like, if this happened to Karofsky, like if this conversation had happened in the halls to Karofsky, I wonder if the effect would have been different because we didn't have a softer side of Karofsky. Like Karofsky, mm-hmm. for the most part, was an out-and-out bad guy. You know, he was kind of an irredeemable evil character within the context of Glee. Within right. the context of his real life, he had great subtlety. Right. But within the context of Glee, he was kind of an out-and-out evil character. And I was kind of wondering, like, can is there any comparison? Well, I mean, like, in terms of you know, what the school knows. I mean, Finn said everybody knows. Everybody in the school knows that, you know, she and Brittany are going together. Yeah, and we've so known for seasons, even before she did. Exactly. So we've, we've known that. He's saying everybody else in the school did too. So it kind of, it's not as shocking as, you know, to say, oh, Santana's a lesbian or Santana's in a relationship with another girl as opposed to, you know, hey, this guy on the football team is gay. So I mean it I think mm. I think it would be very very different because I think I think it would be a lot harder for people to see one over the other in that situation. Yeah. And and the fact is that most people kind of saw it anyhow, so it doesn't matter. It's interesting. It's such, it's so complicated and it's a which very is very double standard. It's one of the know, things that yeah, you're totally right. It's a, yeah, I think that's a, a yet a bigger issue. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, it, it's such a complicated kind of subtle thing, which, you, you know, it's been a while since we had something like that on Glee. It's been a while since we've had one of these really kind of subtle, interesting yeah. situations mm-hmm. that that has so many layers to it and so many sides to it to discuss. You know, it's right. like, it's like uh, again, the, the, the fury on the internet being, are you team Finn or are you team Santana? It's so not that. There's yeah. so much to it. And it's so, in a way... it's it's exciting how real it feels to me yeah you know it's exciting I mean it's kind of like I keep picturing you know I I, I keep thinking like uh like the great bullies in society today you know the Bill O'Reilly's and the Glenn Beck's like the great unabashed just like unwavering unwavering bullies in society right now Mm -hmm. um you know would we feel the same way if somebody like you know, outed that they were having an affair with their mistress. I think we'd all feel really vilified and excited <laughs> because we have no problem seeing them as purely evil, you know? Well, s- some people, like, not assuming <laughs> okay, everybody is. Personally. Okay, personally, yes, yes. I don't know. I just it, It's just so subtle and real. It's really exciting storytelling. And, and it's really cool. I mean, love or hate this episode, it was exciting storytelling this week. And I love that part of it. It was. I mean, it definitely gets you thinking. And I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know how people could, could see it one side over the other as being right. In this particular aspect of it, though, because at the same time, like anybody who watched that political ad and didn't say that's disgusting and mean and, and yeah, you like, know, straight up evil. This has nothing to do with, you know, student. Yeah. I mean, you're like, just being mean to this to, to someone like anybody who sees that. We're kind of like, well, why are you watching Glee? Like, yeah. like you're watching entirely the wrong show. Like, yeah. go go check out NCIS. NCIS, they've got stories for you. I mean, I feel so. bad, you know, feel bad for the the baboons and the donkeys. Oh, 
Why? It was so funny that he said he's married to a donkey. She's like, he says he's not, you know, doesn't have a baboon heart, but, you know, can he also deny that he was not married to a donkey? I love, what was her line? Her line was, uh, I'm Sue Sylvester, and it's not personal. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Let's take a listen to a song. Um, I also loved the songs in this episode. Other than Hot for Teacher, I loved every other song in this episode. Oh, really? Um... I, again, Naira Vera is amazing on this. This is the Hit Me With Your Best Shot one way or another Glee, or mashup. Yes. Uh, here it is on the Gleeful Podcast. I'm gonna get you, get you, get you, get you. One way or another, I'm gonna find you. I'm gonna get you, get you, get you, get you. One way or another, I'm gonna win ya. I'll get you, I'll get you. You're a real tough cookie with the long history of breaking This bridge right here is amazing. Like Santana's or Naira Vera's bridge is so cool. And the way they shot it in slow motion and everything. It was an awesome moment in the episode. Eric Stoltz directed this one. Did, oh, good. Uh, yeah. And, and Michael Hitchcock lot, actually really wrote this one. Really? Which is really cool. Yeah. Um, a couple of people pointed. Know he wrote. Yeah. Well, he's a consulting producer. Okay. Yes. He's on the writing staff. Um, a couple people in the chat room pointed out that the show Community, mm-hmm. which everyone, if you're not watching Community, please start because they might cancel it and that'll just like ruin everything. <laughs> it would be really, <laughs> Like we really should be doing sad. a Community podcast. Community is amazing. But on Community, they had made a joke that Glee would use the song Hit Me With Your Best Shot in the lamest way possible. <laughs> and it was not very lame. I thought they did a good job. <laughs> Oh yeah, this scene was awesome. Yeah, it was, it was. It was. It was so much fun. Now, then, like, what's hilarious is, is like, are we gonna do what we what we're gonna do? Oh yeah, dodgeball. And I'm thinking, really? <laughs> like, I thought sing off. I thought like dance off, dance off. You know, like bare knuckle boxing. Wouldn't that have been funny to see Finn and Santana like go into a ring like UFC style? Wow, just the setup would be hilarious, right? <laughs> um, She'd be like, I'm all lame up. It's a Jason up in here. Okay, wait, back back to that. Yes. When she was, you know, on her little tirade about talking about how tough she was and how her abuela tried to sell her and she thought her name was whatever. <laughs> that was a great line. Oh, my God. It was, just, it was, I mean, when she, because she's just so good at it, when she gets on a tear like that, she's just, she's fascinating to watch. But she said... I'm from Lima Heights. Da, 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 da. She didn't say adjacent this time. Well, I don't know what that's trying to make herself sound tougher. I don't know. Uh, so um, I know I'm looking at subtle inconsistencies in a show that we know is 
you know, <laughs> famously, <with> them. <laughs> famously inconsistent. Yes. Uh, and this kind of leads a little bit into Kurt's storyline uh, and the continuing drama of the student class or the senior class president who will win and then serve for like two weeks. But, uh, but they're juniors. They're seniors. Aren't they graduating at the oh, end? They're seniors. This year? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Totally. Sorry. Um, so I'm so lost. <laughs> Kurt's whole platform was in a school that's against bullying, I will put an end to to dodgeball, this game that we played once. <laughs> it was kind of hilarious that he picked up a platform for the other day. It's kind of like uh, it's kind of like I burn my hand on the stove making breakfast, and then at lunchtime, I'm like, I am going to end heat on stoves because they are absolutely inappropriate. And the group, the audience, was kind of like, "Yeah, that makes total sense. I'm totally with you on that." <laughs> yeah, it did kind of seem odd, <laughs> little. A little confusing, a little inconsistent. Yeah, it was just, it was it was goofy, but it, it yeah. definitely made me smile. Rachel's speech of handing it over was very sweet, saying he's the only candidate who's never gone negative. Yeah, uh, obviously Kurt will not be able to win if he's running against someone who's willing to go topless every Tuesday. Um, <laughs> I think she could Tuesdays. win the president of the country if she agreed to go topless every Tuesday. <laughs> but uh, you know, that's just. It's just because there's a lot of voters in the South. You mean a lot of male voters? Absolutely. We are 50, 49% of the population, I believe. So we got that going for us. That's it? Uh, I, that was always the In the 80s, that was always the statistic that they would use on sitcoms. And as you know, everything I know I learned from 80s <laughs> sitcoms. So it's all true. I can tell you is that... Uh, you know, everything I know I learned from Family Ties. So all yeah. I can tell you is that hey is both an introduction, you know, a noun verb and an adjective. Uh, and I can tell you that uh, Reagan was an amazing president. And these are the things I learned from Family Ties. Wow. This joke is not okay. going very well. No. So <laughs> you learned how to, um, you know, cuff your... Uh your sports jackets, just so. Which I still do. I know. Uh, so oh, I know. <laughs> we also learned that Rachel's still on MySpace, which is hilarious. <laughs> Didn't you say that's me? Nobody's on MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> so Rachel eventually stepped down from senior class president, and uh, it's going to come down to Kurt and uh, Brittany. Kurt, Brittany, and Sticks. Sticks. <laughs> Wow. When did mullets show up? Like, apparently, the, the, the hockey it's team. It's the hockey team. Just showed yes. up this season. It's Mullets are synonymous with hockey. Can I really? say? Now, as someone who had a hockey team at their high school. Yes. How do you, like, how does that even work? Uh, so... Wait, what? I, I don't. How, how, I mean, do, how does what work? I can. I'll explain to you how water polo works, and you explain to me how hockey works. You have a team. It's just like any other sport. You put on skates. So and you only pads play in the winter. In large jerseys, and and you 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 skate around the rink with a stick that has a little, you know, bend in it, and you try <laughs> to hit this little black puck into the that, net. I thought it was straight. I know that's well, just the goal. It comes down and no, it's like an L shaped. Yeah. Oh. Oh, I see. A, yeah, a bend yeah. that way. I thought you meant it at a bend. It, well, it has a slight curve to it, yeah. so you can do those hook shots. See, for everybody listening, this I have no is no idea which question it. Um, this is this is what a conversation is like when none of you are here. <laughs> it's just me go explain this thing to me. It's not like I grew up like 
on Antarctica and you're, you're asking me like, you know, how do we get hot water? Or, I don't know. <laughs> like these, it's, it was only 3,000 miles away. We spoke English. We do. We speak English in New oh, England. Oh, in New England? Yes. Really? Yep. Uh, so um, it's, it's crazy. There's some hockey discussion in the. <laughs> <laughs> there's some hockey discussion in the chat room. Uh, typo says you don't know how the sport of hockey works. Email to follow. I do actually know how the sport of hockey works, but I've never seen it played in high school. Like we didn't have a high school hockey team. It's the same as the pros, the except as every- for a little slower and a little smaller. Okay, like the players are. Small. <laughs> um, oh, you should see the Pee Wee League's playing. I have to bring you in a game when we go back east. And, and apparently, so, and mullets are like a hockey thing. Uh, just with, just it with depends. It depends, yes. I mean, <laughs> it's like the one place you can, you know, in 2011 still get away with a mullet. Now, with Rick and, the Stick. sorry, typo, um, Canada. That's <laughs> oh. <laughs> true. Or Indiana. Sorry, Ed. Okay, I'm done. So, Wow. <laughs> You just hit knowledge. (laughs) I could just tell you who's in the chat room and you can alienate them. Uh, So, (laughs) um, so yes, we had, uh, uh, now we have Rick the Stick is in the, is is in the race, Uh which hadn't really popped up before. He was kind of like, for the older kids in the house, he was kind of like the football player who gave the speech right before Bill and Ted in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure where he gets up and he just says, San Dimas High School Football Rules and everybody cheers and then he's like, I'm out. You know, he like drops the mic and he's like, I'm done. And Aww. I kind of felt that was like Rick the Stick just kind of coming up and being that guy. Yes, yes. Uh, so we've got... Uh, oh, so the mullet and the hockey play. Think of like, um, think of um, Wayne's World. Like it's the same thing. Oh, Yeah. okay. Yeah, makes sense. So they yeah. play hockey in Aurora, Illinois. There you go. Okay. Uh, we had a re- totally random uh, duet between Matthew Morrison and Adina Menzel in this episode. Yes. Uh, it was a duet of you and I and you and I. Uh, another <laughs> mashup. We should go ahead and take a listen to it because we do try to listen to all of the songs and then we'll discuss a little bit. Uh, so here is Matthew Morrison and Adina Menzel doing a mashup of you and I and you and I on the Gleeful Podcast. Time, but I'm back in town. This time I'm not leaving without you. Michael in the chat room wrote, Steve <laughs> Just you and I. That's awesome. Sharing our love together. And I know in time, we'll build the dreams we treasure. Just so you know, Michael, when I said that, it put we'll both fists right. in the air and Just I said, you Steve of i would say it's the least interesting song of the episode like i always forget it was even there yeah it 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 wasn't i mean it's very pretty just not very memorable and kind of 
like it feels a little forced in there. Like they they needed to make a point. Like hey, <laughs> see, we're competitors, but we can still do something great together. Yeah, we can still play nice. Uh, and then, but they said we're gonna play nice. And then we're going to have a competition. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna pitch you guys against each other. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that was kind of hilarious. Uh, but yeah, Two was, teams go in the ring, one comes out. That would be funny if they just uh, put them in for a battle royale. Yeah. They're like, everybody gets a weapon, but it's a part of the piano. <laughs> uh, we also what? learned... Oh. I don't know. Uh, we also learned that uh, Puck plays the piano in this number. And Matthew Morrison plays the guitar. Group. Not much. Kind of. Uh, his fingers kind of knew where to go. There was a moment where it was like, an A, I put my three... Okay. He didn't uh, drop it. He didn't drop it. That is entirely true. Uh, so we'll just go ahead and fade that out. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's nice. It, it's not like a real performance song. I mean, yeah. if, they, if this song were playing in the background while they were, you know, visually playing out some other scenario, some other things happening... It would be cool, but the fact that, you know, we're kind of forced to just sit there and watch it and nothing else was going on, <laughs> it just didn't have quite the same intensity. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I could, I, I can totally like see Like, it would that. be like a nice montage yeah. background song. Uh, well, we had some mad uh, Shelby Puck drama and, uh, and, and Quinn in this episode. Puck yeah. and Shelby's relationship developing. And uh, Puck actually ratting out Quinn to Shelby and telling Shelby that uh, that bad things were, or that Quinn was trying to make bad things happen to get the baby taken away. Okay, I'm a little concerned of this whole thing for a few reasons. Quinn says she called social services. So is social services dropping the ball and not checking up on her? Because wouldn't Shelby like be freaked out right away even though they would have gotten there and not found anything bad except for a, a disassembled crib and they'd be curious what where she sleeps but <laughs> there'd be no that kid is pretty big to have no crib I know right <laughs> it's like even like seven weeks since she's had a crib <laughs> totally totally but I mean all of that aside I mean like none of it seemed shocking or out of the I mean yes it all seemed shocking and out of the blue to Shelby, what I'm saying is, you know, obviously social ser- services never came. Yeah, I mean, I don't really know how that works. I mean, can you just call social services and be like, this person needs to be checked up on, and then yeah. they have to show up? Like, within, yeah. the, within the reality of the show, yeah. that seemed to be what they were going for, is you call social service. you know, Quinn called social services and said you need to check up on this. Right. And then was under the kind of absurd notion that they would just walk in and be like, you're unfit to lead, and take the kid and hand, hand it over, over to yeah. whoever happened to be standing outside the door waiting. Yeah. So, <laughs> a little dramatic and I'm kind of surprised that Shelby wasn't a little bit more upset with Puck when he said you know Quinn and I yeah. you know wanted her back like that should have freaked her you know the heck out that she should have just like at that point just said none of you have any more access mm-hmm. it's interesting how we're getting so much um we're, we're getting so much great acting from people that we have not seen in three seasons. Mm. I mean, Puck has been there since episode one and 
the, you know, this is the first time we've really seen great stuff out of Mark Salling. And the stuff, you know, the, the scene where he does tell Shelby what's going on yeah. is pretty deep. I mean, it was yeah. some pretty great work from him. And then, you know, Naya Rivera, I think she's technically oh. showed up in episode two. Um, no, I think she was in episode one, but obviously she didn't become Santana until later. Uh, and she's giving us amazing stuff here, yeah. you know, halfway through season three. Um, but yeah, it was mm-hmm. it was a really nice scene. But that is an incredibly good point that she didn't kind of. I mean, she's a bit smitten with the lad. Oh, you know, he's 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 parting his mohawk. On the, <laughs> he's totally uh, doing that like right. He's parting over. his mohawk. That's crazy. And when he was doing the hollow notes number, he kept like giving her faces, which I kept thinking she's looking at him and being like, you know, kind of confused and a little annoyed. And I'm thinking she should be fearing for her job, like fearing yeah. for legal proceedings. <laughs> because you know what? Like you can Google teachers who, who bang high school students and it doesn't go well. Technically, he is 18. I'll give you that. He but is 18, <laughs> but um, he's probably older than her in real life. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of it's kind of odd. And, you know, he says, I won't tell anybody. Well, if he's doing that and all they did was kiss once. Yeah. I don't think he's going to like be playing this one too close to his vest. <laughs> I think he's going to let a little bit slip. Now, we both probably know a teacher who ended up marrying a student <laughs> Mr. years Vizmik. later. Exactly. Uh, Mrs. Ford. Uh, <laughs> definitely, you know, it does happen. Oh, yeah. But... Uh, well, I mean, he... But <laughs> to his defense, he was, like, 23, and he married a girl that was graduating a year ahead of me. And he didn't start dating her until after she graduated high school. But still. <laughs> still weird. Still, you're like, oh, it was going to be one of us. Well, what's <laughs> funny is, like, he didn't, gra- he didn't date her until after she graduated high school, which means he put a Post-it note on his computer that was, like, date her her don't forget <laughs> like after graduation uh, no. <laughs> it's a it's pretty wacky that i like pelby just makes me uncomfortable there's something about that that particular relationship that even though i know that he's 29 <laughs> in real life well, it's okay. just the 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 concept yeah. of it just makes me uncomfortable i i mean and she's only in her 30s. <laughs> she's not that far off of him. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I know we, we, when we talked about when they first kissed on the <clears> show, <throat> I was like, oh, I don't really have a problem with it, you know. But, okay, it is it is getting weirder now considering, you know, she adopted his daughter and he's telling her the things that, you know, the biological mother is trying to do to... to not only have her child taken away, but probably have her arrested. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking these are not, these are not reasonable, rational people. <laughs> not only shouldn't be, you know, raising babies, but also shouldn't be teaching students. <laughs> the, yeah, there's a part of me that's really looking at this be like, I don't think Shelby should be around yeah. children, uh, or at least not the ones that yeah. aren't hers. Oh, and that comment that Quinn made about, you know, her selling her baby and calling her a whore, I was like, wow. Yeah, that was harsh. Because the thing was, it's not like she got knocked up accidentally. She she was hired to be a uterus. <laughs> That's all. Well, we should definitely talk a little bit about Quinn as well. Let's We're getting a little closer to the end, so let's listen to a song. Um, here is our Hollow Notes mashup. Uh, as I said before, 
It's always a good time for Hollow Notes. <laughs> so this is your time for Hollow Notes. Uh, here's a bit of uh, I Can't Go For That and You Make My Dreams Come True on the Gleeful Podcast. The candle, the candle feeds the flame. Hey, hey, but I've got to full stuck of thoughts and dreams are scattered. We also had uh, the, in this number when the guys wore mustache, the mustaches, and am I am I allowed to say Jufro? Is that we have a character on the show whose nickname is Jufro, so I suppose that makes it okay. I'm just gonna go ahead and say because, like, you know, Oates was known. Uh, you know, John Oates was known for his mustache and Jufro. Uh, that was his thing. It's it's hilarious that they called that back of all random things. I also loved his sport coat, which I probably owned, except <laughs> I would have owned similar. it in like 93. So, uh, but yeah, this was a blast. I, I enjoyed this number. It can't hold a candle to, you know, yeah. the Trouble Tones number, but this mm-hmm. was a blast. Uh, Typo pointed out something kind of funny in the chat room. Uh-oh. Uh, not only is Puck dating Shelby to get back his daughter, but he also dated Shelby's daughter. Oh, 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 that just brought it to a whole new level of creepy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, just the thought of that when I kind of need needs to take a shower. Just, <clears throat> she needs to step away. So, uh, so there's that. Uh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Kind of weird. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yikes! Yeah. So, uh, so yes, we had that great scene with Quinn and Shelby in this episode. Um, Shelby kind of called Quinn on her uh, being crazy. Quinn playing it very well. You know, Diana Agron does a pretty good job at playing a character who knows who who is uh, putting on a front. Um, you know, like Quinn has always got a game. She's always running some kind of a scam. And, you know, there, there are characters who are always running some kind of a scam, the entire cast of leverage, uh, because <laughs> that's what they do. But, uh, but, you know, Quinn is even like Quinn is always running a game. She's yeah. always playing something. And it's interesting that she's not a character who is overtly a schemer, mm-hmm. um, it's just like that's how that character always is. She's always got some kind of a larger picture in mind. And and Diana Agron's doing that really well right now. And the scene where she came to deliver the gift and saying, like, I've been calling, but you never told me when to come over. So here I am. Aren't I adorable and sweet? I'm dressed so well. Yes. Like, I it look was right. awesome. Yeah. And yeah, the, uh, you know, selling your baby stuff. I mean, that was really impactful. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, like it was no physical slap, but there was definitely, definitely emotional slap there. I um, yeah, I mean, she's she's really serious about this, and she's not backing down. And it's kind of interesting because so often, you know, some of the so often several of the characters will you know like really really want something and they'll be like but they'll only want it for like a couple of episodes and it goes away yeah she's not backing down on this and it's really gonna be interesting to see how it all plays out but uh, but I do I do like how you know Shelby called it she's like just cause you take out the nose ring and dye your hair blonde again doesn't mean you know anybody's fooled that you're you know all sweet and innocent now yeah yeah and that was like there's a certain point again kind of like with the finn santana thing where i feel in as as a as a third party who is not living through this situation i'm watching (laughs) this and saying okay shelby that was a little harsh but when i put myself into these you know into these situations where someone has wronged you you know hit you that Mm -hmm. hard in the stomach Mm -hmm. these are the things you say i mean you go for the jugular in these situations and you don't really feel bad about it until later hopefully at the time you actually feel pretty damn awesome well and it was impressive i mean mean, it was good writing that's what i mean it was good writing yeah i mean i don't think there's anything she really needs to feel bad about because she you know she didn't say anything that wasn't true I mean, Shelby knows the full story. Yeah. And, I'm, yeah, Quinn knows now that she knows the whole, whole story. But I don't I don't think that she she was unfair in her attack on her. Mm-hmm. I don't think that she was, you know, poking at things that weren't true, you know. I don't know. It, it didn't it didn't feel it. It just it felt very honest and I didn't feel. I didn't feel bad. I mean, I kind of felt bad just because, <laughs> you know, she's so misguided in her mission to to get the baby back and thinks that this is the only thing that's going to save her life and, and, and make her existence better in the world. And it's kind of crazy. But, um, yeah, I don't I, I don't think she was wrong in saying what she was saying. Yeah. I think she was wrong in, you know, trying to bring these people <laughs> into her adopted daughter's life and all this stuff. But. Yeah, it's it's an interesting game that that Shelby's playing. It, it, it's a it seems like a, a strikingly naive game that she's yeah. playing. Like, look, I'm uh, gonna show you your beautiful baby and how <laughs> how happy we are together. And I'm never going to assume for one second that you're ever gonna want her back. Yeah, and I and I'm going to assume that you're going to make like uh, mature, thoughtful decisions. Because you're in high you, school, you know, eighteen year old child. Uh, it's, so, it's a little dark. Um, the moment where when Quinn was leaving and says, "Does Puck get to see the baby?" That was that was again great television. Yeah, that was a pretty cold moment. Yeah, um, the, the whole thing was pretty fascinating to watch. Yeah. And and it, again, it's it's setting up great stuff. I keep thinking, you know, what's 
I always think like, what's the end? You know, mm-hmm. what's what's the end of this season where everybody gets to be happy in some fashion? You know, everybody gets what they need for a little while. And I'm thinking, you know, obviously Kurt and Rachel are going to move off to New York and Finn's probably going to go with them, but he's going to kind of have found his purpose in in taking him there. And, and Mike is going to, you know, his father's going to appreciate him and, and make him special. And Quinn is going to get into therapy. Like, that's <laughs> what she needs. No one, like, of all the people I know in my life, I don't even know her. And she's still the one I know who most needs therapy. <laughs> Maybe she'll get prom queen this time. This time. She's going to ruin it again. Like, that's like the only thing, at least in her mind, that she actually has to look forward to yeah (laughs) she i mean she really is one of these people that thinks she's gonna die after high school Mm -hmm. and you know quite frankly we all went to school with them (laughs) yeah exactly like like i know plenty of people who did you know kind of did finish you know kind of peaked after high school um but it's i don't think even they thought at the time that they were going to peak after high school i think they just realized it later she really genuinely believes that like this is it this yeah. is the end of the road. And I guess to a certain extent, that's what, how her mother kind of seems to have lived. I mean, yeah. she's uh, she's definitely with an interesting dude. So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah she's, she's thinking, you know, I'll have my, my child and, and my life will revolve around her and she'll make it all better. No pressure, kid. Yeah, exactly. No pressure. Save your mom's life. So, uh, well, that's pretty much all I've got. Jennifer, do we have anything else? Um, I don't know. Listeners in the chat room, if you have anything uh, at the last moment that we've forgotten, go ahead and jump in now. You can find us online at Gleeful Podcast, uh, gleefulpodcast.com, on Twitter at Gleeful Podcast. I'm at Josh Fennell. She's at Jenny B. Creative. Ed is at Edward Giordano. He's going to be back next week, we hope. Uh, we will figure out what's going to happen. We have no Glee for two weeks, yeah. so that'll keep things interesting. Happy um, Turkey Day. I'm very happy early birthday to my wife. Oh, thank tomorrow. you. Tomorrow. Very exciting about that. Um, lots of great Rory and Finn stuff. I do kind of like the Rory Finn thing uh, that's ha- happening. It's that's so fun. weird to have him be like in consecutive episodes. Yeah. <laughs> it's He's sort like, of like an is this actual gonna- character. And then, and then what? Like... You know, when when the clock strikes midnight, he's gone. He just <laughs> disappears back on his little shamrock and flies back to. Scotland. Yeah, he's not gonna make it past sessionals. <laughs> like he's out after sectionals. I'll <laughs> have to go back. I mean, I guess you know the story of him being an exchange student makes it very easy for him to go away. Yeah, for them to just yank him out of the yeah. episode very quickly. And uh, I, and Josh did point out that his dancing has not improved. No, since he's been on the his show. His dancing in the "You're Making My Dreams Come True" number is hilarious. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's truly brilliant. Uh, Sugar Mata's line about Adele, I'd sound just like her. Has <laughs> that? Uh, I'm starting lots to come of around the bromance. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to come around to her, her, um, her crazy, blind confidence. Like <laughs> people like that fascinate me because I don't know many. <laughs> and when I meet a person who's that confident, yes, totally. They they actually intimidate the crap out of it's me. It's pretty funny. Uh, but anyway, yes, um, if you'd like to weigh in anything we said tonight, you can email us at gleefulpodcast at gmail.com. Unless you disagree with us, in which case, you know what? Just if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Uh, 
And uh, that's about it for us for the Gleeful Podcast. Uh, all our good luck and best wishes go to Ed with his PCHEM test. I've been Josh. I'm still Jen. <laughs> and we'll be back very soon. Good night, everyone. Sometimes it hurts instead.